0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang.
1: We're going through the Ten Commandments. It so happens that uh, today is uh, Father's Day and we're talking about the Fifth Commandment, which is honor uh, your father and mother. So just to give us a quick recap what we talked about so far, Commandment number one, we talked about that uh, we should love the Lord our God with everything that we've had. That there's no other God that we should be serving. Uh, second week, we talked about to worship the Lord our God in the right way, which means that there should be no idols in our life. And then third week, we talked about that we need to honor the Lord our God's name. We are, should be careful not to take His name in vain. And uh, last week, we talked about Sabbath. And we found out that the true Sabbath really comes from having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope that you all have uh, taken your rest. How many of you have enjoyed your rest uh, this week? Hope you did. Uh, today we're looking at uh, Father's Day. And uh, earlier this morning, I actually was awakened by my uh, actually not really awakened by my daughters, but my daughters uh, woke up ahead of me, and so they were excited to. Uh, Give me something. They were, you know, just preparing late last night. We went out yesterday in a, a mall nearby our house and right after lunch, my, uh, my daughters, uh, and I actually went into a bookstore and, uh, you know, they were actually taking it like a, a secret that they, they went to the back of the bookstore. They bought something and they were wh- uh, whispering something to Shirley and then they were whispering among themselves as if I don't even know. What's happening? And so, you know, I, I'd play, you know, just a cool dad, you know, not knowing what's happening. But And then uh, Shirley said, as if your dad doesn't know what you're talking about. Uh, but, you know, earlier this morning, they gave me their gift. And it was really so touching. Um, you know, that's how, you know, our children would like to honor us. And today, interestingly, you know, this commandment number five is something that is a bit difficult to preach because we all don't have perfect families, Uh, when we receive this command from the Lord to honor our father and mother, is it really possible for us to honor our father and mother no matter what we've gone through in our life, how we were raised up? And so we're going to be talking about that right now. I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We're going to be reading uh, straight from the Word, uh, from Exodus chapter 20. We'll be reading from verse 12, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. We're going to go ahead and... Dive straight to the Word. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Just one verse. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to bless the preaching of your Word. Open up our hearts today to receive a Word from you. And I thank you, Lord, that you will encourage, you will heal, you will help us to let go of the past. You will help us to obey this command, which is to honor our father and mother, that it may go well with us in the land that you are giving to each and every one of us. So we thank you, Lord. We commit to you the rest of this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. You may all be seated. Make sure that you're smiling at the person beside you. We're talking about the fifth commandment. The first four commandments, interestingly, is a vertical commandment. Those are vertical commands commandments about our relationship with the Lord, okay? And, uh, until Sabbath, and the next six commandments from commandment number five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten are actually horizontal commands, and these are the commandments that impact our neighbors. Interestingly, among the relational commands, this command of fatherhood And motherhood, okay? Honoring your father and mother is the first because I believe after our relationship with God, the next most important relationship that we have here on earth really is our parents. And, you know, I I saw earlier dads standing up. And, you know, as a father, you know, it is a role, it is a position of authority, it is a calling. God called us to do this. Uh, you know, God chose us to be fathers, but yet, when you look at a family, we're all children. Now, how many of you here are children? Uh, no matter what age you are, please raise your hand, okay? You didn't come from, you know, anything. You came from a biological dad and mom. So, we're all children. And so, this commandment affects all of us. When the Bible says, honor your father and your mother, since all of us are children and all of us have dads and moms, we need to be careful in obeying these commands as well. This fifth commandment strikes right to the heart where all human relationships begin, which is the family. I believe when you talk about the family, that is so dear in the heart of God that He was careful to lay in the Scripture things about family. That we look at the Bible, even from the very start, He chose a man and a woman in the garden it started all as a marriage in the garden. It will all end in the in the book of Revelation with a marriage between the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, and the bride, the church. And all in between, we will see that family permeates scripture. That he actually puts a very big importance to family all throughout. That even in his Godship, how many of you know we have one God? And we have how many persons in the Godhead? Three persons, right? And what are their names? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And even in the names of the Godhead, the Trinity, we see relational names. The Father with the Son, and there's no uh, jealousy among them. They're co-equal, co-existent, and yet they are in full submission and full honoring to one another. You know, Unfortunately, our culture nowadays don't really understand the concept of what it is to honor our mom and dad. In fact, part of what is being taught right now is the ideology that, as a parent, that you need to be the best friend of your children. That somehow there can be a shift in the way you treat your children that instead of having moral authority or ascendancy in the home that you now reduce yourself into a friend of your son or your daughter so that you can actually be an effective parent. And somehow that devoids the authority that we have in the home because, you know, now the teenager or this young adult is looking to you as a best friend instead of a mother and a father. How many of you know that we can never replace the role of a mom and dad in the home? You will always have best friends out there, but there's only one mom and one dad. Amen. You know, going back to the gift of my children to me, it's interesting, they gave me actually a... Um, I was not able to bring it uh, with me today. I was just so excited. I kept it in the house. But uh, they gave me a... Um, it's like a collage with my pictures on it. So they are like pictures of uh, me preaching, uh, and a picture of uh, individual members of the household. Even Jerome uh, was there in the picture, and then my my daughter drew a family tree. I was in the middle, and out came all this, you know, all these children from the trunk and from the branches. And so it's interesting the description of my children that they described me not as their pastor. Praise God. But they describe me as their father, as their dad. Though my role sometimes is like I preach, you know, I, I I teach the word, I disciple people. I'm encouraged to know that my children look at me as their father and not as their pastor. Because that is my relationship with them, and that is so important. The relationship that God has placed over us, father and mother, is so important in the way we are going to be brought up. Even our culture, sometimes, because of the reality of separation and divorce, you know, in the Western world, and even here in the Philippines, I realized that we would see husband and wife separated, and somehow, because of some legal custody, they've agreed on maybe several days. The children will stay with the mom and then on cer- certain days the children would stay with the dad. And, you an, uh, know, it's difficult that sometimes the wife would say negative things about the father and then the father likewise would say negative things about the mother. And so here you are, you have children that are so confused because, you know, they look at one set of parents that this parent is a bad parent and the other parent is brainstorming this guy that, uh, this child that you know the other said is a bad parent how many of you know that that is not helpful in you know obeying that the fifth commandment we are supposed to paint a picture to honor our father and mother and i realize that this is such a you know a fact nowadays that there are realities of this that we're facing some complexities in our families you know going back to uh, the scripture exodus chapter 20 verse 12 It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be what? May be long. Everybody say long. Long Long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And this is a very important command that God has given to the Israelites because at that time, He was setting them up as a state and as a nation. And is it really true that when you honor your father and mother, your days will be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you you know during that time and we're going to talk about this later on dishonoring parents is actually a capital punishment but can you imagine if every family would have this as a reality in their own home where in children is actually honoring their mom and dad what a society it will be And that somehow is in the mind of God that He wants to set up a great society among the Israelites. That if you will learn to honor your mother and father, and the family is the basic unit of society, you will learn early on how to respect authority and how to obey ultimately the Lord your God. And so it is so important for us to know this. Of course, the reality for us today is not everyone came from Great parents. Not everyone came from whole families. Many of us, even some of my friends, have gone uh, and have been raised up in broken families. The question maybe for some of us here today is, Pastor, you're saying that as a command, but the reality is, I'm having a difficult time honoring my mom and dad because of what I have gone through with them. How can I honor my parents if they are not really honorable? Maybe some of you are asking that question. How can I honor my parents if I don't feel that they are worthy to be honored? How can I honor my parents if they raised me up and abandoned me and abused me and, you know, uh, spoke hurtful things to me? How can I honor my parents if, if, if one of them has sexually abused me or molested me and so on and so forth? This may be some reality in the way we were brought up but yet when you look at the scripture there's not even a condition here that god has set when he said honor your father and mother he didn't say honor your father and mother if they are honorable he didn't say honor your father and mother if they deserve to be honored it just simply says honor your father and mother and it was a command attached with a promise if you look at the second time it was repeated in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, this is the time when Moses was about to uh, leave them and he's entrusting the whole community to Joshua. Deuteronomy is actually called the second reading of the law. And he said this, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long. And he added another one. And that it may go what? Well with you. Aside from living long in the land, he said that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And he expounded it further that not only will you have long life, but it will be well with you as long as you're living in the land that you have. In fact, the Apostle Paul used the same commandment in the book of Ephesians. And you know, last week we talked about Sabbath. Sabbath was not even quoted in the New Testament. But yet, when you look at this particular command, it was quoted even in the New Testament. That the Apostle Paul said, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what? For this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is given you. Our question for us today is how do we obey the fifth commandment. You know there are only two commands in the 10 commandments that are stated in the positive. In fact, the other commandments are actually on the negative side. Say it on the negative it says do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery, do not bear false witness, do not covet. But yet this particular command is said on the positive honor your father and your mother God did not state it on the negative side he didn't say do not dishonor your mother or father have you ever wondered about that it says plain and simply on the positive essence of the command just do it honor your father and your mother the reason why he's doing this is because there's an active verb that is present in the command in this command We've got to be active in honoring our father and our mother. They cannot just exist. Are we here this afternoon? We've got to do something in honoring them. When was the last time you spoke to them and honored them and thanked them for giving birth to you, dad, mom, thank you, for giving birth to me 48 years ago? Have you ever said that or have you ever just appreciated them for, just for who they are? for the time spent with you. And you know, I, I know that it may not be the best situation that you may have, but at least texted them or visited them or the minimum requirement is have we at least prayed for them by honoring them. How do we obey the fifth commandments? We want to look at this verse, verse 12 in Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to break it down in three parts. Very simple. First, we're going to look at the roles. Everybody say role or the authority in this command. Going back to verse 12, it says, Honor who? Your father and your mother. You're honoring the role of your parents, that your days may be long in the land of the Lord your God is given you. In other words, parents should reflect the image of God. They mirror God. If we honor our parents, ultimately we honor God. That is the role. They may not be perfect. They may have been absent. But somehow, God has chosen them to bring you up in this world. We honor them. And we honor God by honoring them. Parents ultimately are the authority in our household. You know, many times when you look at the roles and the responsibility of a parent, we think that most of it Really, it's just by providing material things or material blessing for our children. You know, putting food on the table, you know, bring them to school or, uh, you know, making sure that there's a roof above their head. But in reality, when you look at Scripture, more verses are actually pointing to the responsibility of us being spiritual guides and uh, and authority over our children. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child. I want you to all read this out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, this is one promise that we can actually stand on. I believe that every parent wants their children to walk a straight path. Isn't that right? I don't think any parent here would want, you know, their children to go a crooked, narrow path or a path that is leading to destruction. But every one of us would like our children to walk in the ways of God. But the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. There is a way that they should go. There is a way that the Bible teaches that they should go a straight path, a path of integrity, a path that is godly and righteous. The world's ways are different from God's ways. His ways are higher than our ways. You know, th- we, we, sh- we can't allow our children to just follow the ways of the world to think materially or to, to think you know, uh, uh, unethically or even immorally. We've got to be God the examples for them. That is the role of parents. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, you will depart from it. They look at us. They mirror us. They follow us wherever we 're headed they're actually observing every uh, step that we're taking. Deuteronomy chapter six verse seven says, "You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, talking about the word of God, talking about you know the scriptures you know we are to imbibe in them a love for the word of God you know I'm just so happy that even my girls now they can't really sleep at night without us you know having a time of the word and having a time of prayer and you know one of the highlights that they have before they sleep is you know they call me and they say dad we're ready to sleep you know no matter what I'm doing whether I'm studying the word he says they always say dad we're ready to bed but can you read the bible for us and so uh, somehow they, they like that We talk about the Scripture. And it says here, teach them diligently to your children. Talk them to them when you sit in your house, when you walk outside, when you bring them to school, when you go to church, when you go to the mall, when you lie down, when you rise. In other words, every time. Are we here this afternoon? Let's talk about the Bible not only on Sundays, but the Bible says every opportune time that we have. The question is, how much of the Word do they really get? Do they just hear the Word? in kids' church and don't really see it during the week. You know, I realized that, you know, when my kids were younger, we wanted them to learn Chinese because my my wife is Chinese. Okay? Although she doesn't look Chinese. Okay? But when I married her, she's actually 75% Chinese. She's Shirley Lim Tan. And so, I thought it would be nice for our children to talk Chinese. But I realized that it doesn't work that way. Even if we got a teacher that teaches them Chinese like once a week, if we don't speak Chinese at home, the only Chinese that I know is Lumpiang, Shanghai, and Chapsui or Nihao, I don't think they'll get it. Because they have to do it regularly. Are we here this afternoon? If you don't imbibe it to them on a regular basis, they won't get it. And if we want them to walk the ways of God, guess what? They've got to listen to it, not only on a Sunday being preached in kids' church, but every single day. They need to see it from us. They need to look at us as the role model of what the Bible is preaching. In fact, we are the first Bible that our children are actually reading. Even before they open up the scripture, guess what? They have been reading you. The way you treat each other as husband and wife, the way you raise them up, your language, your ways. You know, if you're a man or a woman of integrity, if you uphold the name of God, and so on and so forth. Talk about it every single time. Parents must take care of their children, educate them well, and guide them spiritually. I realize that. We only have a short time with our children. We never can get too busy for them. Fathers have a very profound effect on their children. In fact, the presence or neglect or absence will always have consequences with our children. There was one particular doctor who was studying the way atheists have been raised. And according to an article entitled, Atheists and Their Fathers, he said that a fatherless generation most likely will produce atheist children. And if I may just read this. After studying the lives of more than a dozen of the world's most influential atheists, Dr. Witts discovered that they had one thing in common, defective relationships with their fathers. Their relationship was defective because the father was either dead, abusive, weak, or had abandoned their children. One particular man that he studied was the German philosopher by the name of Friedrich Nietzsche. A German philosopher, and he was the one who was popular and when he said God is dead. What's interesting about Friedrich Nietzsche or Nietzsche is he was raised up in a pastor's home. Sad to say that maybe the pastor was not diligent in focusing his attention and time with his son and was too busy with ministry. And it was unfortunate also that as a young boy, his father passed away. And so he started opening his life to different kinds of ideology. Thus, ultimately, he became an atheist. He missed his opportunity as a father, the father of uh, Friedrich, by the name of Carl Nietzsche, to be able to disciple his boy in the way that he should go. This is one sad reality that even Christians can actually sometimes miss out on the plan of God if we're not careful in raising up our children in the ways of God. There was a story of this very old man who was interviewed uh, in a radio station one early morning, and he was counseling a young husband, and he actually said to him, you know, I was kind of like you when I was younger, but I realized that I can never be too busy for the things that are too important in my life. So he said, let me tell you something that has helped me keep a good perspective on my priorities. What I did was I actually counted the number of years that a normal person would actually live. And maybe on the average, you would probably live about 75 years old. And so what he did was I counted the number of weeks that there are in 75 years. So I, what he did was 75 times 52 came out with this number, uh, 3,900. And he said, since I was about 55 years old at that time, I deducted the number of years that I've already used up, which is about 2,900. So what's left was about 1,000 weeks if I were to live at the age of 75. So what he did was I got a jar and I filled this jar with 1,000 marbles. And as I spend my Saturdays, every Saturday I would actually take out one marble from the jar and throw it away as a reminder that my life here on earth is actually diminishing. And every time I would look at the jar with lesser marble, I would realize that time is short and I would now focus on the most important things that I need to focus on in my life. And I realized that it's not about business, it's not about accumulating wealth, and it's all about family. In fact, he said this as I come to a close and he was about to hang up the phone. This morning, I actually took out my last marble from the jar. And I'm already 75 years old. And I'm spending my breakfast with my wife. And he said this to the man. If I live Until next Saturday. I am living on bonus time. And I have extra. And it is only icing in the cake. And here's what he said. We cannot choose whether we will get more time. But we can choose what to do with the time that God has given to us. Parents who are here. I believe that you are placed here. And your role is you know, to be a good role model, to to raise up your children in, in God's ways. And so they look at us. Make it easier for them to obey the fifth commandment. Second is, we're talking about respect. And we're saying respect. And this is the attitude. And that's another way of saying honor. Now, once again, we're breaking down this verse. And the second part is, we're looking at the verb. We're looking at this word, honor. And if you look at the... Meaning of honor in Hebrew is kabod, which really means literally heavy or weighty. In fact, uh, in the 80s, you used to describe something as saying that's heavy, man or begotten, something like that, okay? That's what literally, what it means. When you say you're a heavyweight, something like that, you are honorable, something like that, okay? I'm not sure if that's literally what it means, but from the Hebrew word, when you talk about honor, it means there's weight in it. You know, somehow they describe that people who are uh, wearing a bright-colored robe is honorable. You know, like Joseph the Dreamer, he was given uh, you know, a you robe by his father Jacob, and they're, they're people of honor. But how big is this to God, this word honor and this fifth commandment? In fact, I believe that it is so important to God that it is way ahead of the other commandments like do not murder or do not steal or do not commit adultery. And some are more conscious about do not murder but in reality, that's commandment number 6 and this, commandment number 5. And I believe that in the heart of God, this has a weightier priority in terms of observing the Ten Commandments. In fact, as I said earlier, part of the capital punishment in the nation of Israel in the Old Testament is the dishonoring of parents aside from immorality and aside from blaspheming of God. There are only three... Things that will actually warrant the stoning to death. You blaspheme God, you, uh, you commit adultery, and the other one is actually dishonoring your parents. Can you imagine if that is a law right now that Duterte will pass? You know, we will actually have fewer uh, population, okay? Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 21. It okay, is just a sample. If a, if a man has a stubborn or rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father, Or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious, and he will not obey your voice. He is what? A glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. That is the practice of the Israelites, ancient Near East. In fact, that very command came from God Himself. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 16 says, Cursed be anyone who what? Dishonors his father or his mother and all the people shall say amen. How, how many of you would like to be blessed? You know, If this verse is true, then the converse is true. If you are cursed by dishonoring your father and mother, then I believe that you are blessed by honoring your father and your mother. No matter what the situation is. No matter if you don't feel like they deserve honor, we still need to honor them. And, you know, I want to say this statement, it may be difficult for children sometimes to love their parents emotionally or psychologically due to different reasons, like abandonment or, or mental abuse or verbal or other kinds of abuse, but we are still commanded to honor them. In fact, in the Bible, it was not written literally to love your parents, although elsewhere you will find there love the Lord your God, love your neighbor, even love your enemies. But you will not find in the Bible, love your parents. But what it says is, honor. Everybody say honor. We are to honor our mom and our dad. You know, I was uh, listening to Pastor Carla share this story to us while we were having lunch uh, earlier this week. And this is a story of one of our volunteers in Kids Church. What happened was he was raised up as an abused kid. And he had all this rejection. And he was going through counseling right now. And part of the counseling process is to write down all the things that uh, the people who uh, abused you had done to you. And for you to process it with them. And so he was warned that maybe the people who abused you will not actually recognize their mistake. And they may actually react violently against it. And so he was warned. And so, he went back to his parents and gave the letter. And guess what? The next day, he found his things outside their house. Everything. And he was kicked out of their home. Not only that, they totally disappeared in his radar. nowhere to be found. He was praying for his mom and dad. And he said, as part of Orange, as they are old, I'll continue to pay their insurance. So, he paid their insurance. Even if he... He's got no no clue of their whereabouts. And so one day he just received a call from the insurance company that there was a claim from insurance and that his father had died. And so when he was trying to find out where the wake was, his siblings and the mother does not want him to visit the dad. So he secretly tried to visit the dad and found, you know, when they were not there, sneaked in and at least visited the dad. And right after he was buried, they s- disappeared again guess what? He's still continuing to pay until this present day the insurance of his mother because he wants to take care of his mother. Maybe some of you are waiting for the nice part of the story. There is no nice part of the story. That's it. Until today, he is still rejected by his family. He just chose to honor his mom and dad by actively doing his part in making sure that they are taken care of, no matter what happens in the future. He was a victim, but yet he realizes that if he honors his mother and father, ultimately, he honors God himself. Amen? Can we just give the Lord praise this afternoon? And it's not really dependent on how we feel. And I realize that all of us may have different experiences growing up. Some may need healing. Some may need counseling. Some may need, you know, uh, a deeper kind of uh, therapy or even, you know, uh, sitting down. But nonetheless, all of us are still commanded to honor our father and our mother. In Ephesians chapter six, verse one, it says, children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. To respect our parents or to obey our parents does not mean that we need to compromise our biblical conviction. Now, if your parents would tell you to do something that's illegal or immoral or unethical, then don't do it. The Bible says, Obey your parents in what? In the Lord. Lord. As long as it is pleasing to God, we honor them and we obey them. Amen. But the honor, it says here, obey. But the honor is unconditional. The obedience aspect is conditional. It depends on whether what they're telling you to do is right or wrong. Then you obey them. But the honoring is unconditional. There is no wrong way to honor, I realized. When you honor someone, you can actually lavish your honoring by just doing it, even if it doesn't warrant the honoring. Even if they're not honorable, you just honor your parents because it will be well with us. And God will bless us. Amen. And we're not even doing this for the promise. We're doing this because this is right. And we're here to please God. In fact, how do we take care now? If this is an active command, something that we do practically. You know, what about our aging parents? And the Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, they should learn first of all to put their what? Religion into practice. I believe that the effective religion is not just about faith and prayer. It's about practice as well. And the Bible says by what? By caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. There comes a point in our life as children where our parents probably are going to be really old and cannot take care of themselves. I believe that we need to provide care for our parents at that time. Of course, I want to balance this out because I realize that part of our culture, not everybody, but somehow there is sipping in in our culture that there is an expectation that, you know, since I uh, brought you to school, you know, as a parent, then after classes, after school, after you graduate, then you take care of your parents. I think that is not what we need to expect from our children. We're not putting a false burden on our children to provide for us right after they graduate from college. Because eventually, they will also have children of their own. And the balance of this particular verse is this verse in Second Corinthians chapter 12. Same author from the Apostle Paul. And he said, Now I am ready to visit you for the third time and I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions, but what? But you, after all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but what? Parents for their children. That is the right way to do it. Parents help the children be independent of them and dependent on God. But a reversal role will happen maybe sometime in the far future, wherein when the parents are finally old, the children are now taking the responsibility of helping care for their old parents are we getting it so that's just a you know a balance and attention there and my last point as i come to an end is the reward or the result and there's the third part of this command we've talked about honor your father and mother and the last part is that your days may be long in the land the lord your god is giving you Now, the idea of living long in the land carries the idea of not physical age. Not a physical age. And I realize that we may actually claim this particular promise. Okay, since I'm honoring my parents and I'm honoring my mom and dad, I will live up to 120 years old. I'm not really sure if that is what the scripture is saying. But when the uh, original commandment was given, it was a time when they were still setting up the nation of Israel. You will live long in the new land that the Lord is given to you because of the way you honor one another and you're building a community of honor, a, you know, a, a relationships with each, other, with each other is strong. And so that is just a direct outcome of what you are sowing in your, in your life. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3 says, and I, I'd like to read it again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, and this is the first command with a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord has given us. Does this promise apply to us today? You know, is this a blanket promise that we can actually claim? I don't think so. The promise is not made the main motive to obedience, but an incidental one. The main motive is because it is God's will. We obey because it is God's will and not just to claim the promise of long life and well being. You know, um, many of you heard of my story about my son who got sick 12 years ago. His name is Jerome. You know, his best friend Nathan uh, Punzalanda, the son of Pastor Paolo, wrote a letter to one of the preachers in the U.S., and uh, the preacher actually answered back. And his question was, My friend, Honored his parents when we were young. How come the scripture says, if you honor your parents, you will live long and that it may go well with you? Did God not fulfill his promise to my friend? So that was the question. And so it was actually John Piper whom we asked, okay, desiringgod.org. And John Piper replied, and the reply was, You know, even Jesus, at a young age, faced a lot of difficulty. And He was the most obedient Son on the face of the earth. I think we'll all agree with that. But yet, because of His purpose here on earth, He went through the cross at a very young age. Well, not very young, but at the age of 33, He died. But that's that's not considered old yet. And what He said was this, In this life, you will have trouble. And he is the master; we are the students. He's setting the pace that we'll also go through difficult times like this. And so, you know, as I look at my, my what happened to my son, you know, my son got saved at the age of six. In fact, that was a picture on the on the right side when he was like worshiping in a conference, shot taken by one of the cameramen, and he was just deep in you know worshiping the Lord. He was one who really just obeyed us, honored us, but yet. You know, we all know that he's no longer here. But as I study this scripture closely, you know, this, what this means is, so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, is not necessarily the physical land here on earth. But the application is actually very spiritual in nature as well. That you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving to you. This may also refer to an eternal place that God promised to us. And I believe now he's no longer dead, but he is alive. And guess what? Because he is with the Father, and he is in the presence of Jesus, he is living long in the land of promise, and it is well with him as he is living in that land. Amen. So I believe in the end, God is still faithful to his promise to us through His Word in Ephesians chapter 6. Amen. A different kind of perspective. But yet, we're not doing this because of this particular promise that we will live to be a hundred. But in reality, that is a future promise. Honoring your parents not only has blessings in your direct family, but actually has an impact in the nation as well. If you read the book of Malachi chapter 4, it says, you know, this is the... Italian prophet, okay, you may call it Malachi, okay? Uh, Malachi chapter four, verse five to six. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And in verse six it says, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else what? I will come and strike the land with a curse. If there's a wedge in the relationship between the fathers and the children and the children and the fathers, there's curse. And I believe the opposite is true. If there's healing and reconciliation and honoring, then there will be blessing in the land that you will live. Imagine a place in a land, in a nation wherein in. You see all the children are obeying their parents and are honoring their parents because ultimately, as they do that, they obey and honor the Lord, their God. And I want to end with this particular story, story from our pastors. Pastor Francis uh, is um, one of our original fruits in in the youth ministry of Victory Alabang. And when he was 30 years old, about six years ago, he got married to Belle. And so he was raised up in a single-parent home. By a mom. But yet, months before his actual marriage, he received some news that the mom that he grew up with was not his real mom. And that he had a real biological mom that actually gave him up when he was three days old. She gave him to the sister and the sister gave him to the office mate. Sorry, got confused, okay? So she was raised up by the office mate of the sister of the mom. Did you get it? Yeah. Did you able to get it? Okay. <laughs> I got confused. So anyway, when he found about this, he also asked the question: if the mom that I grew up with is not my biological mom, and if I have a biological mom, then who is my biological dad? And then he searched and then weeks before his actual marriage, he finally met his father at the age of 30. And guess what happened? Instead of him getting embittered with both of them, he invited both of them to his wedding. And this is what happened on the wedding day. I just uh, want to show you a short clip of the wedding of Pastor Francis as he was honoring his parents. First, the biological dad, then the biological mom, and then the adoptive mother.
0: weeks March. March. Oh, my March, you know that he has a son. But nevertheless, I respect you, I honor you. How hard it is for you to know just now that you have a son. We're going to And I know it's not your fault me the story it's not your fault that I was uh, adopted and even right now I'm so thankful that I knew even for a short time I'm not mad the Bible says to honor to honor my parents and I'm honoring right now for these people thank you thank you thank you and I love you. I love you. it is to raise up uh, two children and that's what she did. Thank you, thank you um, for everything. Not, on, not only the, the material things but even the love, the care and and the comfort that you made sure that we have. Ni, ni thank you so much. Mom.
1: Can we give the Lord a praise for that? You know, nowadays, Pastor Francis continued to spend time with his newfound biological parents. Of course, he is so grateful for his adoptive mom. And now he's no longer just got one parent, but he's got three. <laughs> and he continues to honor them. And he is just so glad to have found them. You know, ultimately, you may not have a perfect family and you may have gone through so much pain growing up maybe a victim of abandonment or a victim of abuse but i hope that we can all learn that as we honor our parents ultimately we honor god and i believe the promise of god is if we obey this particular command no matter how difficult or how hard it is his blessings will be upon our homes His blessings will be upon our relationship. And I believe that if your children, and if you're a parent here, if your children sees you honoring your father and your mother, chances are, and a big probability is, when they grow up and when they grow old, they will also honor you. And I believe that is what we want for our children to do to us. That as we honor our parents, no matter how imperfect they are, and we as parents... We're not perfect as well, that our children following us will also honor us. Amen. Can we just stand up right now? We will be praying. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you have an estranged relationship with your parents, maybe you've been hurt in the past or you grew up with, you know, abandonment or maybe some abuse in the home. Maybe you're a parent or you're the child that's seeking reconciliation or the parents are seeking forgiveness I want you to lift up your hands right now before this you know the presence of the lord i believe God's spirit is here to heal God's spirit is here to to forgive and God's spirit is here to reconcile father god I just pray for your grace to be upon these people lord i know that your holy spirit is here to help us Lord we we thank you Lord god that you're the one who counsels and you're the one who heals us and I pray God that you will help us first of all to come before you and forgive those who have wronged us Lord I pray God for a time of reconciliation a time of healing and a time of forgiveness Lord God. I thank you that you will uproot every root of bitterness from our hearts that we may in the same way that we have received forgiveness from you God I pray that we would freely give that forgiveness to the people who hurt us So even today, we just thank you for a breakthrough even among our relationships. In Jesus' name, amen.